0: This is the woman behind the business. Featuring honest dialogue that advances and inspires women entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Angel Livas. This week on The Woman Behind the Business, we're talking publishing and movie making. You know me, I'm your host, Angel Livis, and today we're wrapping up our Women's History Month special with our fourth and final recipient of the Paragon Award. All month, we have been recognizing women who we believe are dominating in their respective industries, and today's guest is a true trailblazer. Tressa Smallwood, also known as Tressa Azarel, is the award-winning publisher of Life-Changing Books Incorporated and the co-founder of Megamind Media. In 2011, Life-Changing Books received the Independent Publisher of the Year Award, which is one of the most prestigious awards for independent publishers. Her publishing house has printed over 140 book titles and even more have been released digitally. In 2016, she converted one of her author's books into a featured narrative film at the American Black Film Festival, ABFF, and last year the film received national attention when it aired on BET. I am elated to present to you the Paragon Award, Tressa, and I'm so excited to have you with us in studio. Yay! Thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Yes, thank you for being here. I totally, totally am excited to talk to you. And it's it's so amazing just how things come about and how women just can come together, share their experiences, and that's what the show is all about. I love it. <laughs> so let's get started, and we're going to start from the top, okay? okay? All right. So in 2003, your life drastically changed when you ended up on bed rest um, for
1: the majority of your pregnancy. Yes. How did that one event end up shaping the past 15 years? Wow. Yeah. You know what? It's a true testament that you never know how things are going to turn out for you, and you know your life is already pre-planned. Mm-hmm. And so if you really think about it, it's like, okay, I had one plan for myself, but it turned out another way. right? Um, so I had gone back to school to get a master's in education and I thought I was going to be a teacher the rest of my life. Um, I went on bed rest in my third month of pregnancy because the doctor said I was having difficulties with my pregnancy and that I just needed that rest time. And so I thought that was a death sentence. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What are you talking about? No way am I staying in bed for six months." They gave me this little bell to ring. It's like, <laughs> what is that? And so I ended up penning my first novel mm-hmm. um, just because I didn't have anything to do. It mm-hmm. wasn't because that was my lifelong dream. It was like I could either you know, flip the remote, watch TV, or do something constructive for, you know, for myself. So I penned this novel, and I really put put a lot of effort into learning how to self-publish. Mm-hmm. During that time period, that was in 2001. I hadn't released the book yet. I was just on bed rest mm-hmm. in 2001. And so I spent a lot of time learning the publishing process. Mm-hmm. So once I had my daughter, um, I never went back to work. I published this book, and I made 40000 in the first two months. So I was like, okay, entrepreneurship, <laughs> life. here I come. Like, <laughs> right. yeah, I mean, and so imagine me telling my husband, hey, you know, that master's that I just got that we thought, you know, this was, like, I'm not going back to work. Right. And so, you know, it really worked out for me because I was very good at, on the business side. Mm-hmm. Um, The writing is fine. I still like writing to this day, but it's not necessarily my passion. Mm-hmm. I love business. And so it just really worked out. And from there, I said, okay, you know, even though I spent a lot of time getting these other degrees, I'm not going to stay in that lane. It's okay Mm -hmm. if you want to do something different. You Mm -hmm. know, people tend to put us in a box. Mm -hmm. They're like, hey, you went to school to be a chef, now go cook, be a chef. Mm -hmm. If you want to do something different, do something different. Now, one of the things that I
0: love um, that I've heard you say over and over again is that writing is an art. Publishing is a business. Yes, indeed. So, What are one of the things that, or one of the lessons as an author that
1: you learned and as a publisher
0: that you learned?
1: Yeah, I think as an author, the big, the big takeaway is that you have to stay focused and determined in order to complete a project. Mm -hmm. So many people, you know, tell me, hey, I want to write a book. I took your class. And and I'm like, well, what chapter are you on? Mm -hmm. You know, how many, what's your word count? And they're like, oh, well, you know, life happened. And setbacks and I'm going the excuses have started Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day in order for you to complete it you have to say to yourself I'm going to create a schedule for myself Mm -hmm. and I'm going to stay with it and so my lesson was if I if you really want to do it now I've obviously penned seven novels at this point and written two nonfiction books. So there is a system. It's my job now. Right. right? right. So I know that if I really want to write a book, I need to write 2000 words a day. Mm -hmm. And at the end of a week, even if I've only, you know, let's say I worked on it for five days, I have 10,000 words. So that means progress. But what is 2000? Like, you know, am I supposed to just sit there and look at the counter? Well, here's the thing for me. I don't really look at it. So if you you can, you know, obviously use Word doc, you can use Google Docs. But if you type in a Word doc at the bottom, it definitely will tell you your word count. So not necessarily looking at it, but let's say after an hour, hour and a half goes by, check and see what it is, because. You know, one person might work for an hour and a half, but they're goofing off on the phone, they're gossiping, Mm -hmm. they're watching TV, and you might have 25 words when you're done. You didn't really work. (laughs) You didn't do anything. right? (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. It's just a reality check. And then you'll have somebody else who's very disciplined who worked for that same period of time, and they check, and they're like, oh, wow, I just wrote 1,800 words. (laughs) So it really does make a difference for you to check. It's like an accountability system for yourself. Now, I
0: know that I can say that I've sat through one of your um, lessons and I've definitely adhered to what you've said, Angel. This is what you need to do. This (laughs) is how, now, not necessarily how much you're supposed to write in a given time frame, but for the type of book that I wrote, it was enough. Yeah. Because the book will be released um, this month.
1: We need to celebrate. Yes. Yes. See, that's what I'm talking about dedication, determination. But
0: one of the things that I've noticed, um, because I sat out to write one book, okay turned out you know this is not even what i planned on writing the book that's being released this month um but a lot of times i've heard women say because a lot of women ha- that are in our mastermind yeah. groups and right. stuff yo it's so hard to write about me yeah. or it's hard to write about um just certain topics yeah. so that's how the experiences do- that they've gone yeah. yeah so how do you or what can you encourage people to do or advice um, to help them buckle down and to face those experiences Mm -hmm. to write about them?
1: Yeah, I call it uh, letting go of the fear and realizing you have to tell your own story, like share your own story, because there are people out there that you can help. You know, sometimes let's say if you're writing about a situation where you were in a domestic violence Mm -hmm. um, situation and you want to write to tell people, you know, how to get out or that they shouldn't stay in those situations, but you don't want your ex-husband or the person who did it, you know, did this to you to see it. Well, you can do a couple of things. You can say to yourself, all right, I'm going to write it as fiction, uh, but it is, it ends up being therapy. Mm-hmm. because you're sharing what has happened you're releasing it finally mm-hmm. um, i've met so many people that when they finally pin that novel or it, it could be journaling it could be a project that you never ever actually release mm-hmm. but just writing about it letting it go it's a form of counseling it's a form of therapy mm-hmm. and so i always tell people like let go of the fear now obviously domestic violence you know that's taking it to the top because now you're thinking that person could come back, they could harm you. Right, I get that. So I would not encourage you to say this person's name if that you know right. has not um, you know been, been dealt resolved. With. Yeah, right. absolutely. But there are situations where people are just like, hey, you know, I'm in remission. Mm-hmm. I want to tell my like sharing your story helps so many other people. Like right. that's why we ha- all have testimonies. Right. Period. To share. But we just don't realize it until there's someone else that lets us know this is why you should share your story. Right. Now, what do you think are some of the major pitfalls self-published authors face? Oh, my goodness. I'm not understanding the distribution process early on. Mm. Uh, People get tricked into thinking that you put a book out, you put it on Amazon and you're going to be a millionaire. mm -hmm. Not (laughs) (laughs) right, not happening right. Um, and there's so many books on Amazon that your book gets lost in the sauce if you don't have a following, right? Um, the second pitfall that I I believe happens to the average author is that they don't build a brand prior to releasing the book, Mm -hmm. they just think because their cousins and their aunts are saying, When is the book coming out? that everybody's going to care. Buy. Yeah. But nobody <laughs> cares. They don't even know. You know what I mean? Right. So and then, you know, I meet people all the time. They'll run up to me and they say, I sold out. And I'm like, well, how many books did you print? And they're like 50. Girl, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I want to I want to encourage them, but I have to be able to tell the truth at all times. And I'm right. like, listen, I need you to get yourself in somebody's class. Right. For branding, marketing and understand that that that's not doing it. That's not going to do it because, you know, there are expenses with the production of a book. So by the time you pay a book editor, a book cover designer, and you pay all these people person to reformat it. (laughs) Yeah. Can we can we at least make a profit? Right. You know, so that's what I teach mostly how to make a profit in publishing.
0: So for you, what are what what are some of the things that are different? you know, you publish and self-publish like over 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, is it
1: something that you would still do today? Yeah, well, I still do now. So keep in mind, I have published to date 162 books now. Well, no, but I'm saying if you were on bed rest today. Oh, right. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I still live by it 100%. I mean, I feel like, you know, putting out a book, it leaves a legacy. Putting out a book, you can have residual income forever. Things have just changed in terms of how you do it. Mm -hmm. When I first put out a book, I didn't have all the other competition that you guys have now, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was able to build a brand early. Now when I put out a book, well, I have a following. There's a brand there. People pay me to come speak. I can sell the book afterwards. It's a big difference. Mm -hmm. But what I would say that is the big difference from then and now is that you have to have a brand. Mm-hmm. You have to have a marketing plan. Back then, there were like four books out that were mm-hmm. self-published. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, these people are definitely buying my book because there are only four other self-published <laughs> books out there. And how many of them were African-American? <laughs> right, not many. Right. So, you know, but keep in mind also over the years, I've watched the industry evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen, I'm like, wow, okay, I can remember when eBooks first started. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't like this. You know, it's taken away from my print sales. Like a year after, you know, uh, Kendall started becoming popular, I was like, I love this. I can s- sleep at night and wake up and it's like $6,000 in my bank account. This is great. You know, you just, so your feelings just change as right. time goes. Now I'm like, wow, I'm. Only the libraries and Books A Million and Barnes and & Noble are buying print books now. Like, mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't print. So you just, it's constantly changing. And that's why you have to always keep up with what's new and what's going on. So where do you go for your information to stay abreast of what's going on in the publishing industry? Lots of conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, Independent Book Publishers Association, uh, Book Expo of America. So there are there are book festivals that you go to to buy books, meet authors, mm-hmm. but then there are professional events that you go to as a book publisher mm-hmm. to make sure you stay abreast of what's going on. And plus, I have a direct um, accounts with all the, the major companies. And so they have trainings. We have sales rep calls, you know, so that I'm able to figure out, okay, this is what's going on now.
0: Right, right.
1: Now, what
0: are some of the benefits to self-publishing? You get to keep
1: all the money. <laughs> <laughs> the money, money, money. Okay? Right. Um, yeah, that's that's the biggest benefit. There are two benefits, honestly, that I think most people are attracted to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, number one is whatever money you put out, it's all coming back to you versus when you go with a tra- uh, traditional publisher, they are taking anywhere between 8 to 12%. Uh, I mean, they are taking all of the money and leaving you with 8 to 12%. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... That's definitely the biggest benefit. The other benefit is that you have creative control. Right. Um, if you were to go to a publisher right now to um, ask them to publish your book, they might put you on their 2020 calendar, their 2019 calendar, because you don't – it's like, hey, you got all these other people that you're dealing with. They might say to you, hey, I don't like what you did in Chapter 5 and Chapter 6. I need you to change that. And you're like, why? This is my baby. This, this is right. my truth. Right. So creative control and being able to decide when you're going to put the book out, how you're going to put it out, what the cover is going to look like. Just you know, being able to be the boss of your own destiny.
0: Now, for you personally, um, what has this journey been like for you?
1: Wow. You know, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of hard work uh, as a book publisher, I started in 2006. I started publishing about 15 books a year. Mm. And so on average, I was spending about 10 to 15 grand per book. Mm. So I was putting out a lot of money, you know, taking a risk, Mm -hmm. you know, hoping to get that back. Right. And some years it was great. There were times when you put out books and you think it's going to be a hit, and it's like, what happened to my money? <laughs> like, are you serious? But that's entrepreneurship. Yes, at its general, best. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, people always say, oh, I'm a boss and I'm this. And I'm like, hey, that comes with responsibilities, that comes with risk. that comes with ups and downs. Mm-hmm. We do not wake up looking like Beyonce like everybody's pretending. Right. We just don't. Right. Okay. A lot of hard days. And so for me, I've seen ups and downs. Obviously, for me at this point, I've had more successes than failures. So I'm going to be pro-entrepreneurship any day. Right. But I also like to tell the truth, like, hey, you have some rough times, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's just real. But you have to just be able to push through. Right. Now, how have you been able
0: to balance your work life, mommy, because, you know, you were on bed rest and, you know, you had all these different shifts that have occurred from, you know, just – Transitioning from like being a teacher to yeah. now being an author. Yeah. But I love how you're able to take your teaching skills and now teach other people how yeah. to write and how to publish and how to be like the best entrepreneur and businessmen and businesswomen that they can be.
1: So how have you been able to navigate? Yeah, I think I, for me, I always think about what's my passion? What is it that I love? Mm-hmm. I love to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, and so no matter what I'm doing, I infuse that like I have a VIP club where I teach them every single month. And so that that makes me feel good. What do you teach them in your VIP club? So we have entrepreneurship skills. I teach them about some of them are there for filmmaking. They want to be able to produce their independent films. Some of them are there to write books. Some people come into the club because they want to transition from a nine to five to entrepreneurship or maybe they're getting ready to retire. And they're like, I just want to do something, but I'm not around the right people. Mm-hmm. So the motivation, you know, we do things together. We have events, summits, etc. cetera. But it, that's the part that makes me feel good. Because when I'm on a movie set, I'm working. Like, mm-hmm. it feels like work. When I'm teaching, I'm just relaxing. I'm like, I'm in my zone. I'm in my element. Wow. Yeah. See, when I'm behind the mic or on stage or yeah. on,
0: that's when I'm like, oh,
1: yes. Yeah, and if, if somebody puts me on the stage, I'm going all right girl bye no you don't you be like yes where no, y'all listen at? I'm telling you I mean I, it's, I make it look easy right but the funniest it's is work. it's not it's not my preference I love to just be in my onesie is like my best friend okay <laughs> my onesie and kicking my feet up like okay <laughs> <laughs> that
0: downtime, yeah. you got to gotta gotta, gotta yeah. get it in. <clears throat> now, you kind of hit on this earlier, um, but branding and marketing are some of my favorite things to okay. do. Um, so when should an author or someone interested in self-publishing begin their marketing campaign? Three to six
1: months before the book comes out. Okay. So, and why? Yeah, because, you know, you, you have to have time to have a plan. You have to have a marketing strategy. You have to have time to... Um, execute this plan Mm -hmm. and the the funny thing is even though I tell people three to six months the longer that you give yourself to um build a platform the better off you're going to be Mm -hmm. so let's say right now if you start traveling the world and you're doing summits and events everywhere like I know you're getting ready to take me with you on your um on your jet ski tour and we're gonna be (laughs) in um in the Bahamas and all that good stuff (laughs) but let's just say you're doing that all over and you're doing that for a year And you're building up this following. Mm -hmm. When you release your book a year later, you're going to have way more sales than you would have if you had released it three months after you started the process. Mm. So the longer time that you give yourself, the better off you're going to be.
0: Now, what are some of the things that people should be considering, like you said, like if you're speaking at an engagement a year mm-hmm. from when you know your book is going to come out, yeah. what should you be doing? Should you just be
1: telling people, hey, I'm writing this book? Well, you need to, to get them to a landing page so that you can collect their email address. Okay. Having somebody's email address is the next best thing to have in their phone number. It's true. So that way you're able to email them throughout your journey. Mm-hmm. Um, like right now, probably have a hundred thousand people on my email list Mm -hmm. when i go and do a movie screening even though the movie's not out i'm emailing them pictures images i need to let them feel like they're part of the experience right hey guys we just left la like thank you all for those who did come out if you didn't come out here's some of the photos and click this link look at the trailer so guess what's going to happen when i do actually release the movie they're buying it right because they've They're invested. Yes, yes. And so being able to keep them on that journey. When you get someone's email address, send them good content that applies to them. If I'm on your email list and you sending me some information about a perm and I'm like, I don't get perms, okay? That's not for me, Right, okay? So always just make sure you're giving people information that would apply to them.
0: Okay,
1: so know your audience. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Now, when you're releasing your book, how important is it to target your market, like, what if you're an author and you're not quite sure who your market is?
1: Yeah, I've, I've been there before with certain projects that have come out. Is sometimes it's difficult figuring it out. Um, if you can fine tune who those people are. Mm-hmm. You're gonna sell a lot more books. Like for example, if I release projects that are related to writing books, I have a book called "Write Your Book in Four Weeks." I have a book called uh, "The Truth About Print on Demand." Did Th- you bring me a book? So those, um, are, no, okay. but I got you. I got you. But listen, so <laughs> those particular books are eBooks that I've written, mm-hmm. and I use those as marketing strategies. Sometimes I put them on Amazon for the public to buy. Sometimes I take them off and I use them in my own network in the VIP club. Mm -hmm. Um, But with those books, think about it. If somebody is out there and they're not interested in writing a book and I send them some information on write your book in four weeks, what's going to happen? Delete. They don't care. Right. So we've got to spend time trying to figure out who wants certain projects. Mm -hmm. So for me, on my email list, when people sign up on my site, it says click here to get help with your book. Mhm. Click here to get help with your script.
2: Mm-hmm. Click
1: here for just business entrepreneurship. So I'm separating what my people want because I don't like getting emails myself that have nothing to do with me. Right. That that system has been very effective for me. So I would I would say to anybody that's out there when you are putting people on your list, make sure you're not just saying, "Hey, sign up on my email list." Right. Know who they are, know your audience, know the reason for them signing up and don't spam them to death. Right. You know. Now, how often um, should you keep your
0: audience engaged with what you have going on, especially if you know your book isn't coming out right away?
1: Yeah, I would say like every two weeks. Really? Yeah, every that two much? weeks. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, you got to have some good content. To, you have okay, to have something true. to say, right? Mm-hmm. Which you should. Right. If you don't, you have to step your be. game up. Right. Okay, because that means... Did you speak somewhere and you can send them a clip of something that you said that was profound or that you feel that they need to hear? Mm-hmm. Um, if you were on here right now talking about your book and somebody was videoing us, mm-hmm. you could send that to your people and say, hey guys, just want to share some information. Um, I did an interview last week. Boom, 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 boom. Right. Yeah.
0: Now, what is like, now I know the teaching part is mm-hmm. a passion. Yeah. Um, but when
1: it comes to the business side, I feel like that's the passion of yours as well. Yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm good at it. Okay, let me say that. Mm-hmm. Okay, my first—if I had to rank everything, uh-huh. teaching is definitely number one. It's my passion. If somebody normally to figure out what your passion is, tell somebody to to um, tell you what they're going to do for free. What would you do for free? Mm-hmm. If somebody told me to go overseas and teach somebody for free and I could do it and afford it, mm-hmm. I would do it. Mm-hmm. If you told me to go over here and take care of some business and write up these <laughs> contracts for free, no, ma'am, cut the check. Okay? That's normally how you can figure out right. what your passion is. Right. Like art right, does not make you happy? Would you do it for free? Um, and so business, for me, I'm just naturally good at it. Now what do you have Now we're not going to get into the film stuff. I'm intentionally leaving that until the second half
0: of the show. Okay. But as a publisher, what are some of the trends that you are starting to see um that's very different than when you
1: first started. Oh my goodness. So the free ebooks. Oh yes. Honey. Honey. Everybody's book is free, (laughs) which makes it really difficult for people who want to charge for their books. Mm -hmm. And so that is a trend that you have to realize that it's there. Mm -hmm. A lot of people get upset about it. And I'm like, it's happening. Figure out how to navigate around it. Maybe you offer your book for free for three days Mm -hmm. and then send it right back to $6.99. And while it's free, why don't you um, fill it up with information? That could sell some of your other products send people to your website mm-hmm. figure out some other things that you can do like a lot of times I feel like when these different things are happening and the trends don't necessarily benefit us, mm-hmm. figure out something to do go into solution mode instead of whining about it right now with the free ebooks um I feel
0: like a lot of times people offer that for signing up to your newsletter or to you know be a part of a class and things wow. like that. How long are most eBooks?
1: So there's no um, magic cookie cutter way to figure it out. Like I've written eBooks that are 15 pages. Mm. Um, I've written eBooks that are 70 pages. I would 70. Yeah, I would say this is the thing, and that's funny. See, this is this is what's different. This you just <laughs> said 70 <laughs> years ago. It was like frowned upon if you wrote anything that was just small, just a couple of... It's like, what are you talking about? Like, this is not real. This ain't no book. Right. Now Mm -hmm. we live in this microwave society where everything is, hey, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. And now people have e-books and it's like 12 pages. Yeah. So my rule of thumb is if you're going to write an e-book... Make sure it is the content is good. it's quality, right? Okay? So that way, if it's 30 pages, you're okay. If it's 12 pages, you're okay. Some of the ebooks that I write are specifically to drive traffic to my site, mm-hmm. but it's filled with so much information, so much information. All right, so with that,
0: right now uh, we are gonna get ready to get techie for with our tech minute. All right, and then we'll be right back with you. trust sounds good. I'm All excited. right. This week on Tech Talk, we have two of our amazing cybersecurity ladies in studio with us again. We have Miss Angela Dingo, CEO of Xnihello, and And Miss Kiana Ganey, CEO of Secure Tech 360. Thank you for being here, ladies. Thank you, Angel.
3: Thank you, Angel.
0: So, on our quest to make sure that our women entrepreneurs are protecting themselves and have good cyber hygiene, today we're going to talk about how do you ensure that you have good cyber hygiene on your mobile device, right? So, talk to me and let me know some of the different things that we should be doing and cognizant of with our mobile devices.
3: So if you think about mobile devices in this day and age, you're essentially carrying around a fully functioning computer with you. Mm-hmm. And if you practice good cyber hygiene on your computer, you want to do the same thing on your mobile device. So it's important for people to keep your mobile devices updated with security updates in the same way that you would with a laptop or a desktop computer. So when you get those notifications from the app store, or you get those notifications from whatever your vendor or provider is that tells you you need to update your phone, you should do that and do that consistently.
0: Now, there's a lot of controversy around doing these updates because a lot of times people are saying, oh, they're making me do these updates so they can slow down my phone so they can make me go buy another phone. So is that still good You know, advice? <laughs> is that what we should be doing? <laughs> I think the advice is is still good. I mean, yeah, there has been some reports with some vendors that were doing some things that may seem a little shaky. Mm-hmm. But just like with anything, um, it's just a protection mechanism for yourself. You don't want outdated information on your device that you're using because that becomes a security vulnerability. So which one is more important to you? Protecting the information that's within the device or, you know, listen to the latest story that's coming out about... You know, I'll just throw it out there. Apple is trying to make you buy a new iPhone. So you just kind of have to use some wisdom, even as a small business owner, which of the lesser two evils are more important to you. Now, what is another benefit of um, or thing that we should be doing to keep our
3: mobile devices secure? One of the things that I constantly tell people about on their mobile devices is. Looking at your settings, look at the mm-hmm. security settings, and then with the same care that you would use if you were using a computer, you want to do that on your mobile device. For instance, how, how many of you are aware of whether or not your GPS and your location data is on on your phone? Mm -hmm. If you've got your location data on and you're taking pictures and posting those pictures to social media, Mm -hmm. there is an exact pinpoint location of where you are. So as you travel around to do business or you travel with your family, then anyone that goes online can look and find out where you were. So from a security standpoint, you want to do things like turn off your GPS. You want to make sure that you're deleting old applications that you're not using anymore because if they're not being used anymore, that means you're not getting updates to them and you've now created a security vulnerability. Okay,
0: well, that is great news for me. I'm sitting here like taking notes, like, oh, wow, <laughs> I am not cyber secure <laughs> on my mobile device. So I will do better because I know better. And thank you for being here to share this information with us. Um, to learn more about cyber hygiene and how you should be utilizing various updates and information on your mobile device, visit us online at wbbtalk.com. Welcome back to The Woman Behind the Business. I'm your host, Angel Livis, and our guest is the dynamic businesswoman, Tressa Azarel smallwood During the first half of the show, we focused on writing and publishing, but now we're moving into her latest venture, which is producing and directing films. So, Tressa, talk to me about these films Ooh, that you're into. Yes. Now, how have you been enjoying transitioning from publishing, which you're still doing, yes. but you're moving
1: heavily into this filmmaking... Yeah, it's been different. I'm I'm assuming it's my destiny at this point because some days I pinch myself and I go, "How did I get here? <laughs> Who told me to do this?" So, yeah, for years, I would say starting in 2010, I gotten a lot of people saying you should go into film. You have all of this book content and content is king and mm-hmm. people are going to come after you. They want this content. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know how to make a movie and I don't know anybody who knows how to make a movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stay with my publishing. This is great. You know, great life. I'm I'm good. Before I knew it, um, I ended up meeting a young lady named Kia um, Freeman, who is now one of my lead producers. Mm-hmm. But she started saying to me, no, we got to do this. We got to do that. Like she was like that driving force really pushing me to do it and I said all right find me somebody who can write this script we ended up going to Philadelphia meeting with a script writer who had um, written movies for Queen Latifah's movie company and his name is Jamal Hill we met him and he was like no I'm telling you this is like a golden this is an empire like we can do this so I said well tell me which book you would do first which was a book and he said Secrets of a Housewife he read you know read the book He said, let's turn this one into a movie first because it deals with infidelity, cheating, you know, marriage. It's juicy. Yeah, relationships. (laughs) He's like, everybody's in a relationship, period. (laughs) So I was like, all right, let's do it. That was in 2015. He, um, He finished the script within like three months. We started hiring everybody that we needed to hire. We came up with a budget and we set a shoot date of November 2015. So we were moving forward. And next thing you know, I'm like, hey, but... I'm missing a couple hundred thousand. (laughs) Like something's going on here. Like, okay, Lord. So start having my talks with God. Like we got to figure this thing out because I'm now making a movie and I don't have all the money. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up, you know, working it out. God always works it out. We made that movie um, in November in uh, 2016. We showed it at the American Black Film Festival and BET licensed it. Love it. So it was great, and then you know DC Film Office they gave us a grant, and I'm like I'm never leaving DC, so, <laughs> I, so I'm literally filming all my movies in DC because there's a program in the film um, office that will allow um, us to get some help, allow all filmmakers to get help.
0: So talk to me a little bit about this help that you, you're doing in this grant that you're yeah. you've received. I'm guessing, yeah, and the film that you're working on. So I received.
1: Two grants already okay. um, for two different movies. So, the movie that I was just telling you about with Secrets, they gave me a grant for that, and um, it was able to help with my budget. Mm-hmm. And once I, once I, um, once I did that one, I went back to film a second movie, which was called All In. Mm-hmm. Um, I filmed that in May 2017, so I was able to get a grant for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the biggest requirements is that you just you have to film in the district. I mm-hmm. mean, um, everybody's running to Atlanta, right. still haven't figured out why. Right. Like, we got a lot of good things here. We have great talent. We have um, great writers, great producers. Architecture. Yeah, cr- everything we need is here. So see, that's why they need to download Secrets, though, so that they can see, right? <laughs> so they can see everything that's going on. But, you know, we were able to show off DC in terms of, like, landmarks. And um, and it's a really high-end film. One mm-hmm. of the things that I would always said about independent filmmaking, when I watched movies that were made by... Um, Black folk. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, like, why do the the movies have to look like that? Right. Right. And so I was just big on making sure when you watch that movie, you wouldn't be able to tell that it's an independent film. Right. And so I think we did a really great job with with pulling that off. But the city helped us. Yes. And I think that you did an excellent job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank (laughs)
0: you. Now, what has been the greatest lesson that you've learned since
1: moving and shifting into the film industry? Oh, my goodness. Probably that um, you've got to really understand what your product is Mm -hmm. before you shoot. A lot of people are, you know, when you have the desire to do something, you know, now you can make a movie on iMovie. You can, I mean, you can do anything, right? Mm -hmm. The same way we said you can pump out these books, (laughs) you can pump out a movie. You know, I mean, you and I can go outside and make us a movie right now, right? okay? The reality is, When you know that you possess a talent where you can do that, you have to be able to slow down for a minute and look at the bigger picture and say, do I want a movie that I'm just going to put on YouTube or do I want a movie that eventually will play on TV or on Netflix and my children's children will live off of the residuals? Right. That's the bigger picture. And so for me, I slow down and I make sure that every project that I work on I see the end result before I even start filming. So I know exactly the networks that the movies might go to. Mm -hmm. Um, I know exactly where I foresee everything. I know exactly all the streams of income that will come from it. But how many people on your team?
0: I feel like, you know, or or is this something that Tressa actually sits down, with her little, you know, vision board, paper, journal, and say, this is how I foresee
1: things. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely the visionary on my team, mm-hmm. but I still have people that can implement. Mm-hmm. So if I'm saying, hey, you know, this is the movie that we're working on right now, there might be somebody that's contacting a marketing company to do the theatrical release. There might be somebody over here that's working on social media, but ultimately, I'm the one that says... I want to be able to film this movie because I wanted to go to Lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, can I need to get a meeting with Lifetime? Let me tell my attorney. Like I'm still that person. And how long
0: is your, I guess your strategic planning for the execution
1: of your project? Meaning prior to filming. Prior to filming. Um, it just really depends. Like right now, I'm, I'm, we're um, strategically planning for a theatrical release for a movie that we've worked on called Sinners Wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, we filmed that movie in September and we're going to do a theatrical release for it this August. Mm. So if you think about it, we filmed in September, theatricals in August. That's almost a year. Mm-hmm. So I I have all of that time to plan what we're doing now right now. You got to think we're in February. Um in no wait, we are in March. See, I work too hard. <laughs> Somebody help me out. But so now think about this. From March to August is when Everything is, like, falling into place. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, it's going to be in these AMC theaters over here. It's going to be. But we've been working on all of this right, already. Right, right, So it's a process. It takes some time. Now, what's your favorite part
0: of working in the film industry?
1: Probably seeing um, the vision come to reality from paper to screen. When you sit in that movie theater and you go, oh, my goodness, those were words that we argued about. one day saying no he wouldn't say this no she wouldn't say that right you know because especially if you're working on a relationship project and Mm -hmm. you're in the writing room and it's the script you have two people saying no a woman would not say that Mm -hmm. oh she would not do that Mm -hmm. you know when we watch secrets we laugh now because some of the comments i'm like i definitely wouldn't say that my husband definitely wouldn't do that you know because you're just going back and forth so you know it's it's fun
0: now speaking of you and your husband,
1: how have you been
0: able to
1: maintain a healthy? Ah, yes, honey, <laughs> honey, honey. He wants to just put me in a closet somewhere and lock the door. <laughs> I've been married for twenty-one years. Mm-hmm. Twenty-one years. So, you know, I think um, the biggie is that my husband and my children are really involved in everything that I do. Mm-hmm. So, if there are road trips, they' on the road. You know, but they carrying boxes and they work and they putting up banners. Everybody's right. working. Right. But they're heavily involved. Right. Um, and so my husband is a business owner as well. He owns his own company, but sometimes he, you know, leaves that to come and be with me. And so he's just really supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough being married to me, honey. I'm telling you.
0: Oh, I understand. I'm sure people <laughs> would agree. <laughs> it is not I'm easy. sure my husband would agree to that yes, as well. Yes, I think I need to give him an award. You can give him, y'all can share the Paragon Award. Yeah,
1: I will. I'll share it with them. I'll cut it (laughs) in
0: So, but what do you do to like keep because um, you travel a lot, yeah. you know, and you know, I, he can't go everywhere with right, you, right, right, right. You know, so how do you allocate? Like, okay, I'm gonna spend this much time with him, spend this much time with the kids, and yeah. this much time with the parents.
1: And yeah. it's a lot of date nights. Okay. Um, the great thing is that my husband is a business owner, just like I so am. We understand. Yeah, and absolutely, and so. You know, there are times when I'm like, hey, honey, like, you know, if I'm gone for a while, I'll come back. And I'm thinking of something that we can do together. And he's like, well, let's go tomorrow because I'm tired. Like, he's tired. Mm-hmm. So it helps that he's a business owner. But we just, you know, we plan a lot of, um, you know, events together. And we just try to work it out and say, listen, let's just go live life together just at this point. And, you know, even with our children, I have we have, a, you know, 16-year-old 19 year old and so the 19 year old is in college mm. so she's away a lot but when you know it's time to go see her or do you know figure out what she's doing right just make it happen i love it Yeah. Love
0: it.
1: now what is on the horizon what's coming up for miss tressa yeah so I'm, I'm gonna be filming two new movies in 2018 and i'm gonna be re- i'm gonna release all in and centers wanted in theaters Wonderful. So that's going to take up my entire life for 2018. And so these things are going to be released? So All In and Centers Wanted will be released in AMC Theaters first. Okay. And then they will go um, on iTunes and Amazon. Okay. Then they will go to TV. And then they will go to either Netflix or Hulu. Wonderful. This yeah. is so awesome.
0: Now, how do you go about hiring, like, local artists and actors since you are very committed to working with um
1: people in the dc area absolutely so whenever we are working on a new movie we normally um, have local casting agents send out notices Mm -hmm. and then we're also um on our uh megamind underscore media page uh we we list everything there because that's our movie page Mm -hmm. so people go on there and they're like hey you know how can we get the email, you know, because we list the email for casting and all of that. So it's people are on there all the time because they're like, hey, I'm trying to get in this movie. What do I do? But I always tell them I am not the casting agent. Right. right. Like I'm not because they send me headshots and I'm like <laughs> I can't do nothing with your headshot, bro. right? Right. <laughs> right. I'm running the business. Right. I'm not right. I'm right, right. in the weeds of it.
0: Yeah. All right. So we've come to the time where we're going to move into our moments from the valley. Okay.
1: okay. Um, so are you ready? You I'm know what your your moment from the valley is? Yeah, I mean I have so many, it's just picking one. I mean, <laughs> you you want my you
0: want my worst moment or you yes. want my- we, we need the 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 valley valley moment.
1: Okay. All right. I think I got it. Okay. Whenever you're ready. To shoot? Okay, mm-hmm. so I was on the set of secrets and I was probably on my fourth or fifth day. Very hectic because when you are shooting your first film, you really don't know what you're getting into. You just, it's its exciting, but it's also scary. And mm-hmm. it's like, hey, this is real. And you're dealing with a lot of money.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so um, every day that you're on set, there's a dollar amount attached to that because there are like 130 people working for you mm-hmm. at, at any given moment. Camera crews, directors, producers, they all work for you. And so this one particular day was a really long day. And several things happened. Um, I had an actress who decided that she was uncomfortable with one of the scenes and that she said she wasn't she wasn't working. She wasn't doing the scene and she was, you know, wasn't Mm -hmm. working. She Mm -hmm. wanted to talk to her manager or whatever. So so everything stopped. So imagine if everybody's getting paid for the day. Let's say this is a thirty thousand dollar day and she's not filming. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: That's problem number one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Problem number two was we were supposed to be filming at a hotel. The hotel manager said that it was okay for us to film there. We get there, but this manager obviously had a general manager who decided that, no, I never approved that. So now we don't even have a location. So all of our crew, everybody's just, like, outside. So in my mind, that's $30,000 that I'm getting ready to lose because we can't film.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, By the end of the night, because I'm already dealing with those problems, my solution to that, I sat in my car, and I was like, Lord, we got to talk. And I'm just literally praying. Like, okay, this cannot be happening to me because I really didn't know what to do. I'd never experienced it before. I started calling other people in the film industry who had been filming for a long time saying, hey, what should I do? But ultimately, it was me and God. Like, we got got to have this conversation. By the end of the night, my daughter, who's 19, you know, she's helping and um, she's on set. She's extremely tired. Nobody knows that she has epilepsy, okay? Because she never likes to tell, you know, she don't want anybody to know she has epilepsy. And by the end of the night, she lays down because she's extremely tired and she goes to sleep. And then she doesn't wake up because the ep- she's now having a seizure. She has seizures in her sleep. Mm. So now my daughter's having a seizure. People think she's dying because they're like, why won't she wake up? Mm-hmm. And now I've already dealt. So that was my... You got, come to Jesus moment, okay? <laughs> I wasn't just in the valley. I was like, come to Jesus, okay? That was crazy. But that's why my faith is why it is. Because mm-hmm. God never lets me down, honey. I made it through. Everything ended up working out. But that was a tough day.
2: Wow. Yeah.
0: This is why this is my favorite part of the show. Just yeah. because I feel like no matter what you may be going through, there's always somebody who you are looking at and you're like, <gasps>
1: I'm trying to be where they are oh, and I, you know, so. I, I'm trying to get yeah. what they... Yeah. I tell people all the time, you probably couldn't walk a day in my shoes. Like, it, they're like, you make it look so easy. That's why you cannot believe everything you see on social media. This is true. No, seriously. Cause,
0: oh, because I know. Yeah. Because we were supposed to be scheduled. For- <laughs> right? Right? I know. Right? But, and I, we always try, especially on the show, we try to tell people the realities of what it's like to be yes. a business owner.
1: Yes, indeed.
0: Um, Like, I literally, literally just got back from the Bahamas yeah. hours ago. Yes. Um, but you probably won't see those pictures. Right, right. For right. a week or two. Running in the airport. And, right. You know. You know, all that. Like, it's not like I post everything right. 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 on demand, like, yeah. right then and there.
1: And I tell people we post what we want other people to see. right. It's strategic This is business That night that my daughter Was having a seizure Was I going to post that? No No. So people would never know They just don't get it They see things And they're like Oh this person And I'm like I need y'all to understand Right That you don't You don't know my life Just because of what I put on Instagram
0: Right well, I'm so excited and hopefully right about now you will share your Instagram handle with everyone yes, so they can yes. stay
1: connected with you. I need them to follow me. I'm at CEO Azarel and that's um, A-Z-A-R-E-L. So CEO Azarel. Now, where does Azarel come from? You know, it's my pseudonym. When I first started writing, uh uh-huh. I was a school teacher and I'm sitting on, think about it, I'm on, in, on bed rest thinking I'm going back to work. uh uh-huh. Like, I teach fifth graders, okay? I'm <laughs> like, they can't read this kind of foolishness. Right. So I'm like, I'm going to come up with a pseudonym. And so Azrael means with God's help. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was like, these characters definitely need God's help. They, <laughs> they are crazy. Okay, I've created them, so I might be a little crazy, too. <laughs> but that's where the name comes from. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again for being our guest. I truly enjoyed. I want to also give you
0: an opportunity. uh, Talk to us a little bit about your uh, your different clubs. How
1: can Mm -hmm. people get information to sign up for your different VIP clubs? Mm -hmm. So two things to sign up for um, with me. One is free. Okay, so we'll talk about free first for people who are just interested in um, free classes, uh, free publishing classes, free classes about film, they can go to tressaazarel.com mm-hmm. And that's T-R-E-S-S-A. Azarel is A-Z-A-R-E-L.com. Um, when you get there, you can just sign, click the button that you that of, uh, um, is of interest to you, and then you'll get an email with the next call-in date. And so that's totally free. But mm-hmm. um, Then there's also my VIP club, which is a membership. Mm-hmm. And so that's for serious-minded people who mm-hmm. want accountability, motivation, it's ongoing, monthly, classes during the month, live Q&A with me. So if you're working on a book, working on a script, you get to actually ask me questions. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's more contact. Uh, but that's com. Mm-hmm. So those are the best two ways. Well, you, you told us the free. How <laughs> yeah, much is yeah. the one that's paid? <laughs> oh, so the paid one is $14.99 a month, which is almost free. Oh, right? that's not bad. Oh, listen, I tell people when you go to Chipotle... You already paid $9, right? Yeah. 14 dollars to invest in yourself, and it's the easiest thing ever. Yeah, That's really good. Yeah. Absolutely. I might join your VIP. Yeah, clip. it's awesome. It's awesome. So <laughs> and we get to do a lot of events together. We bring in speakers. We go mm-hmm. places. Lots of information. That's wonderful. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, everybody, uh, you have Trusted's information. I'm so elated to give you our fourth and final Paragon Award for 2018. I'm
1: excited. I'm and, excited.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to get more information about Trusted's VIP program or um, anything else that we've talked about on today's show please visit us online at wbbtalk.com and up next we will be going to our health tip with Dr. Tia Hill. It's that time in the show for the women behind the business health tip with Dr. Tia Hill. Today we are going to talk about what Dr. Hill? Metabolism. All right so talk to me about metabolism. What is it?
4: metabolism is how your body processes what goes inside of it. And this is the layman terms, because I know you don't like when I talk (laughs) medical. All
0: right. So what are some different things? Because I think on a regular basis, we hear, oh, I have a slow metabolism Mm -hmm. or my thyroid affects my metabolism Mm -hmm. and all these different things. Can you break that down for us? Like, what does it mean to have a
4: slow and what does it mean to have a fast metabolism? So I'm going to use layman terms examples. Um, You remember when you were younger and you could eat Anything under the sun and it did not sit in that lovely place called your midsection. Mm-hmm. That is when your metabolism was high, meaning that it was always rapidly going, just just eating up and using those vitamins, pulling those nutrients out. As we've gotten older, we slow down, we change, and then our body slows down and change too, especially if we stop working out, mm-hmm. especially if we're not drinking water, um, if we do have a thyroid situation, um, if we even have hypo diabetes. Mm-hmm. So all of these different things have a- affect you. So a rapid fast metabolism means that you burn relatively fast. Mm. Slow means that your body will hold it and it can just sit in your system for a period of time.
0: Now, what are some different things if possible? That we can do because I don't think any of us want a slow metabolism. At least I
4: don't, based on what you're selling me. Right. So one of the things I guess the the going thing of 2018 is breakfast, making sure that you get. A- Because that's when your metabolism starts. Um, I would also say fiber. You gotta have them bowel movements. (laughs) Seriously, people don't like it, but a good bowel movement keeps you moving. (laughs) It does. You should at least have two to at least two a day.
0: Okay, so if I want to speed up my metabolism, like how is you know is this a process? Like I got to do this for two weeks of eating breakfast? Like what
4: are some surefire ways to? One, I would do a detox first. That's what I tell anyone who has not had their system clean or regulated in a very long period of time do a detox once you start doing the detox then start integrating normal practices this is a lifestyle change it cannot be a rapid quick, sure fire. I'm going to do this today and I want these results. In order to speed it up, you're going to have to be consistent and it goes over time. It does not happen because you ate breakfast two times. Oh, I should burn <laughs> fat. It is not. And I think that that's one of the things that we don't tell people is that this has to be a lifestyle and this has to be for what you want for you in the long haul.
0: Now, when you are eating breakfast, and I'm guessing we're talking about a nice hearty breakfast that is healthy in that regard. Mm -hmm. Um, Are there other things like, you know, snacking throughout the day? Should I be eating, you know, six
4: small meals throughout the day or what, what, how does that play into this? I always, one of the things that we've learned over the years is that everybody's body is different. Mm-hmm. So with different genotypes, each person can do something a little bit different. But well, what I do think is that everyone, and I recommend is that you eat at least three solid meals with two snacks or two snacks with a heavy lunch. Like I've noticed some people who will eat lunch primarily and have a very light dinner. So just make sure that you know what your two meals are that you want to have that are solid, be it breakfast and lunch or lunch and dinner.
0: Now, what are some good hearty and healthy snacks? And
4: when I say hearty, I don't want a snack where I'm still going to be hungry. Well, I think that what we also have to remember is that our stomach is the size of our fist. And so over the years, we have elongated it to where it can hold more food than it's supposed to. Also, um, finding hearty foods, and a lot of people are becoming vegan, so eggplant has a texture like meat, and it's also very whole and filling, squash, zucchini, um, as well as um, certain fruits like papayas and different things. They will hold you too. Understanding portobello mushrooms, you can have them with breadcrumbs and different things. Um, Understanding how to have your fish, Um, some fish have omega-3, which is also a good fatty, uh, protein. Um, I'm thinking of some other things off the top of my head, but eggs, um, don't forget lean meat. Mm. So, you know, I know some people hate the other white meat, which is pork, but sometimes that it works as well. Lamb is also very feeling <laughs> if you know how to cook it and it's not too gamey. So this has been wonderful thank you
0: so i hope our ladies are ready to go out there and start working on their metabolism um, because i feel like the metabolism part goes hand in hand with our workout mm-hmm. and our you know eating
4: a nutritious meal and our thinking it goes with our thinking too think clear when our metabolism's is faster no, when we're just doing right like we're working out we're eating better we think clear
0: Okay. Well, awesome. Thank you, Dr. Tia Hill and ladies um, and gentlemen tuned in. We hope that this has been informational for you and to get more information, visit us online at wbbtalk.com. All right. That's a wrap. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining us to listen to past broadcasts. Please visit us online at wbbtalk.com. There you can check us out, get all the information that you need from today's show. And until next time, stay blessed.